From learning difficulties to learning powerhouse, these are my tips that have helped me to learn way better. The most driven people in the world want to build great empires and leave a great legacy. This podcast, The Underestimated Entrepreneur, is my attempt at documenting the lessons I'm learning on my way to building a $100 million empire that helps people perform better in life and business. My hope is that you use these lessons to live a kick-ass life while building your own empire and leaving a powerful legacy. I hope you share and enjoy. Driven mofos, welcome back to another episode of The Underestimated Entrepreneur. Massive shout out to all the studs out there. And I don't know what the female version of that is, studesses. For all of you who are sharing the podcast, who are letting other people know about it, especially why you're on the Christmas holidays or on the festive break, I know a lot of you are talking to friends and family and everyone wants to up their game in the new year, get better results, achieve you know, their goals and all that sort of stuff. So thank you to all of you who are sharing this podcast. I really do appreciate each and every one of you who are doing that. So thank you so much. Anyway, let's get into learning and how I broke through a lot of learning difficulties. Now, going back, for those of you who don't know, as a kid, I was told that I was dyslexic. I was put into special classes. The term ADD was thrown around a lot. I remember this one day, I got told I started a brand new school, and I was in grade seven. And after a couple of weeks, I got told that I had to go to this extra class. And when I got there, I thought it was it was a special class. Now, I was told that it was a special class. I thought I was actually smart and doing well. Then I realized that I was a fucking moron and I was put into these classes with all the dumb kids. And I was like, shit, that must mean that I'm one of the dumb kids. So I had trouble when I was younger spelling. I I really struggled a lot with spelling and I struggled a lot with mathematics. So I guess I got put in those classes to help me with spelling and to help me with understanding things like mathematics and so on. In fact, I still struggle quite a bit now with mathematics. I'm good now with a calculator and I can figure things out if I have a calculator, but if I don't have a calculator, I actually find it really, really hard. But when it comes to money, it's the opposite. I'm like the rain man. I can figure shit out in my head most of the time. So I can, some parts of things I can, I can do numbers really, really well, especially addition and multiplication. I can normally do it in my head really, really quickly and tally things up really, really quick. But when it comes to things like times tables, I really struggle with it and I still do. I still struggle with spelling. I sort of have to take my time when I'm spelling things. Sometimes it's easier just to get other people to do stuff. Weirdly enough, I enjoy writing. It just takes me a bit longer to do it. The key thing that I wanted to go through here, there's so many people in our community who have learning difficulties or things like that where people don't read or they don't enjoy reading because they may have felt dumb when they're at school. You know, we have a lot of tradies who come and do our courses. But I also speak to a lot of tradies as well who want to do our courses, but are scared. And I speak to them over the phone and their biggest fear and their biggest concern is that they're going to be the dumb person in the room or that they don't like a learning environment because they equate doing my mastermind or some of my courses to school. And they're not the best at writing. They might have shitty handwriting. They might not spell effectively. They might not be good at retaining information. And so these are some of the challenges that so many people face that I come across. I can't remember the exact statistic, but from what I remember, there was a show that was on TV on SBS, and it was about people who couldn't spell. And it's something like 40-something percent of the population or something have trouble with spelling and, and reading, writing, arithmetic. It was pretty high. Like, it really shocked me about how many people really struggle with, you know, those skills. So I want to go through and talk about how I broke through a lot of those things. So the first thing was, was that throughout school, I was consistently ridiculed, made fun of, got in trouble for 
the way that I went through school and and through learning. And there was lots of times I didn't do my homework. It was just because I I just didn't understand a lot of things. Now, some things I was extremely good at. So I was extremely good at biology. I was extremely good at geography. I actually got put into an advanced class in some of the sciences, like biological sciences. So I think when I was in grade nine, I was doing a grade 12 science class. But in other classes, I really fucking struggled with. And I'm like that now. You know, there are some things that I'm just super, super fucking good at. But then there are other things where I'm just really bad at. You know, so that's why I hire people around me to do stuff around me. The other thing is, is that I've never been diagnosed with ADHD, although because of my advanced studies in psychology and in some of the other fields like neuroscience and some of the sciences, I could probably almost guarantee that if I went to a psychiatrist, I know that I would be diagnosed with ADHD. It's pretty obvious based on the way that they assess it. So what I've realized though, is that there are strengths and there are benefits in everything. And there are also disadvantages in everything. The great thing with being someone who is, I'll say that I'm ADHD because I fucking am, but it just hasn't been diagnosed and I don't really give a shit about the diagnosis because it doesn't change anything in my life. I just know my strengths and I know my weaknesses. So with ADHD, one of the things that they talk about with ADHD is that you become hyper-focused, which is sort of counterintuitive to the term attention deficit disorder because people who have attention deficit disorder also have high levels of attention. What you'll find is that they have high levels of attention in their value set. And this is why values are so important. Now, in my values, I'm extremely focused. In fact, you know, like I can rip out 20 podcast episodes in a row and just stay locked in my room for a whole day. When I'm doing research on topics, I can research stuff for five, six, seven hours straight without a break. You know, if I'm training, I'm hyper-focused. So there are areas where I'm hyper-focused. But when it comes to things like strategy or micro detailing things. Sometimes I can get distracted with those things. And so normally I work better if there's people around me who can explain stuff to me or, or things like that. So I know how to utilize things around me in order to become efficient and effective in a way of running a business or in order to navigate life. So when I came out of school, one of the things that I think I was most scared of was learning. Because to me, learning meant ridicule. It meant being told off. It meant feeling stupid. It meant being the dumb kid. And so I just naturally avoided it. Now, when I went to trade school, when I was getting my diesel mechanic apprenticeship or going through and, and I was going to the trade school, I really struggled there a lot. I fucking hated it. I really struggled. I was a class clown. I was always getting in trouble again. Same shit that I did at school because most of the things I found really challenging and topics that I didn't enjoy. So I didn't really enjoy learning about hydraulics and I mean, I understand it, but I didn't enjoy working out the mathematical equations of surface area and shit with the hydraulics and yada, yada, yada and doing engineering and stuff like that. I just didn't care about it. I didn't really care about electronics and all that sort of stuff. I just didn't care. So I used to just distract people and get in trouble because I was sort of like the class clown. It was my way of getting attention because I was dumb. But then what happened was I remember that I found something that I really love to do and that was... Because I love going to the gym and I was looking for a job. So I was doing my apprenticeship and I thought this isn't the career that I wanted to be in. My best mate's three-year-old niece was killed in a car accident. And I knew that I didn't want to dedicate my life to working in the mines as a diesel mechanic or working on heavy machinery. It just wasn't the thing that I wanted to do. So I was looking through the newspaper and I was actually thinking about becoming a massage therapist because I'd always enjoyed, people would come to me and they'd be like family members and they're like, hey, Michael, can you massage my shoulders? And I started learning about muscles and 
the way to massage effectively. So I was looking to do some sort of study in massage, but I came across this advert in the paper and it said, become a personal trainer. And I was like, oh, that sounds something really, really cool. But I remember the first thing that happened was that when I thought this is what I want to do, I was so scared that I didn't want to make that decision. And I know that this is what a lot of people go through, is that if you weren't good at school and you didn't like learning or you feel like the dumb kid or you feel like you can't read properly or you can't write properly, you will avoid learning. Because this is what happened to me. I got scared. I felt afraid. I didn't want to be the stupid one again. But eventually I built up the courage. And this is where I first started realizing that courage is the counterbalancer to fear. And so those with courage tend to achieve way, way more than those who let fear define their actions and their results. And I speak to so many people every week who just are so fearful. They're afraid of what might go wrong. They're afraid of what other people think. They're afraid of criticism. They're afraid of losing money. They're afraid of making mistakes. They're afraid of, you know, what if things go bad? They just live in fear all the time. And so it just paralyzes them. And then because of that, they don't achieve And the only way that they can achieve is that they get to a point where they get so angry or so frustrated or so upset with themselves that they impulsively react to things and they just go, oh, fuck it, I'm just going to do it anyway. But normally then that ends up a bad decision, which reinforces the pattern of behavior that they're dumb and that they make mistakes all the time or that they're stupid. What I ended up doing was I thought, you know what, fuck it, I'm just going to commit to this. And so I remember the first day I went to sign up to become a personal trainer. And I walked into a place here in South Australia called TAFE SA, which is like an institute of study. It's not a university. It's a higher education place. So I walked in there and I remember going to the counter and I asked for the paperwork and I was scared shitless. Like part of me wanted to throw up. Part of me wanted to just run away, like get the paperwork and just not do it. And I see this happening sometimes with people. Like they'll say, send through the information and they want to do courses. They want to do programs, but I never hear from them again. Because essentially they have a natural response of either freezing or running away from problems or challenges when they're scared. And so that's what so many people do. In fact, I'm actually talking to someone right now who wants to sign up to a program. And I messaged them about an hour and a half ago. They asked for information. I was talking directly to them. They've just gone. I haven't heard back from them once I gave them the price, which is common, right? Most people shit their pants when it comes to taking on challenge. And that's because it's not due to the fear. It's due to their lack of courage right? Everybody has fears. It's just some people are courageous and they act in spite of fear, whereas other people let the fear define them because they lack courage. So I remember going and just signing up and I was like, you know what, I'm going to do this. And so I just jumped in and I did the paperwork. Then I remember the first night that I was supposed to go, it's night school. So I would finish working after a 10 hour day, I would have a shower, get changed. And then I would go to night school. And normally it would start at like six o'clock at night and it would go until eight or nine o'clock at night. So you do a couple of hours, a couple of times a week. And I just remember the first night being so scared, so afraid, so worried about, you know, who's in the room, who's not in the room. You know, I was one of those people who I sit right down the back of the room because I didn't want anyone sitting behind me because then they could judge me. They could see me and I didn't want to be seen. So that's why I sat at the back of the room. And over time, like I just kept going. And this is the thing with most people, right, is that they just don't keep going. So first of all, most people allow fear to define them and they lack courage. That's number one. Number two is that when they do things, they give up too early. What I realized was that if I just keep going, eventually I will get there. Now, when I started learning something that I enjoyed, something that I was committed to, which was becoming a personal trainer, I realized that I actually liked learning about it. So I would get the manual 
or I would get this, you know, huge wad of papers, put it into a folder, and then I would go home and I'd just start reading it over the weekend because I was interested in it. And what I found was that the more that I learned, the more that I wanted to learn. And that re-sparked my want and need to learn. And the truth is that everyone loves learning. Everyone does. Because as a kid, you loved learning. But you may have fallen out of love with learning because of the school system, because of university, because of TAFE, because of doing a qualification. You may have fallen out of love with learning. But it's not that hard to re-spark the learning when you understand your purpose in life, your mission, your values, what you're trying to achieve, because that's how you learn. Are you ready to raise your standards, achieve more, and stay accountable like never before? My brand new Dominate program is designed to give you year-round accountability and keep you consistently winning. Inside, you'll get epic trainings in mindset, wealth, health, and relationships, plus weekly group coaching calls to combat inconsistency and to stop you falling off the bandwagon. No more trial and error, no more going through the motions, no more feeling unfulfilled at the end of your year. Just a chance to be your best, do your best, and to dominate. No locking contracts, cancel anytime. Join now via the link in the description or at michaelmojo.com. So I started studying on weekends. Now, yes, at first I was a really shit reader. It used to take me ages to read stuff. But what I know is that the more that I read, the more it was like practicing reading and the better I got. To the point where after a couple of years, I started to learn how to speed read. And what I found was speed reading for someone like me with my attention span is way more effective. I actually retain more information. I learn faster. I grow faster. Most people don't realize that if you get distracted when you're reading or studying, you need to read faster, not slower. If you're getting distracted, it's because you get bored really, really quickly and your brain is working too fast based on how quick you're feeding information to it. So I actually find I'm better off speed reading than I am slow reading. Same as when I listen to audiobooks. I listen to podcasts on two or three times the speed as well because it keeps me more focused on and more attentive. So then I just kept committing and I stayed committed to it. What ended up happening was over time, I became a straight A student of personal training when I was learning and I was studying. When that happened, I went, maybe I'm not as dumb as what I think I am. Maybe I'm not the stupid fuck that I thought I was. And because of that, it actually ignited this interest in learning again. And then I started learning how to learn. So that's where I studied speed reading. That's where I actually discovered how intelligent people remember information more effectively. And so over time, I became better at learning because I went through those stages of dealing with my fear with courage. Now, I still implement that every day of the week. Every day of the week, I have to make decisions, which is scary. You know, I'm just about to hire a new agency to do our marketing. They sent through a proposal. I looked at it and I'm like, Fuck, what if it doesn't work? What if these things don't go right? And then I was like, yeah, but what if they do work? What happens if they do get the results? And so then straight away, I reframed my brain. I was like, I sat down, I spoke to Jess and I said, look, what are your thoughts? And she said, well, here's what my fears are or my concerns, but also as well, this is where I think we could be if we work well. How do we mitigate risk? How do we put in accountabilities with these people? And so now we're already starting to move forward with that decision pretty quick, even though the financial decision is going to stretch us. But I know that if I don't stretch, I don't move to a greater level. Like everything gets stretched and it gets distorted and that becomes a shape. So if you get a, a piece of plastic, like a plastic container, and you put air in it, if you only put enough air in it, eventually the air goes out of the container, but the container still stays the same shape. If you put enough pressure into the container, eventually it will blow apart and it will make a new shape and it can't be stretched back into the same shape that it originally was. That's how our mindset has to work. 
that after you stretch your mind and your way of thinking and you stretch your ability to stretch yourself, after a while, that just becomes your new standard. And most people don't realize this. Like I remember working, I, when I used to work nine to five, and then all of a sudden, I had to go from working a couple of extra hours and I would do overtime. After overtime, I was like, man, I'm exhausted. And that's an eight-hour day plus two extra hours. So I was doing 10 hours. That was exhausting. Now a 10-hour day is easy. Like I get up, most mornings I'm up at six o'clock and I'll easily work until 8, 30, 9 o'clock at night, most nights. And that's seven days a week. You know, sometimes I take, you know, a night off or whatever. I just do other things. But most of the time that's my workload because I've just stretched my way that that's normal. If I finish work at six o'clock, so if I work from six to six, which is a 12-hour day, if I do that, to me, that's like an early night. I'm like, wow, I've got an early night. It feels just different. So what I've learned over the years is that if you want to grow and be better, you've got to stretch the vessel. So I learned how to learn better and more effectively and take on that fear. Then what happens is as you start to learn more, people around you start reinforcing that pattern. So after I became a straight A student, essentially in personal training and something that I enjoyed, people started telling me that I was good at studying or that I was good at learning. And I was like, maybe I am. Then I remember becoming a personal trainer and I got a mentor. I have always had mentors because I'm fucking smart, right? Most people aren't that smart to consistently have mentors and coaches, which is why they get stuck. That's the reason why I become a high level personal trainer where I was making in my last year, $265,000 as a personal trainer. And that was 12 years ago now. Right, these days most personal trainers don't make two hundred and sixty-five thousand dollars. Right, most personal trainers can't get close to that. Most people just don't make two hundred and sixty-five thousand. But I did. Why? Because I always had mentors. From when I first started working in the industry, I started training with a guy who was mentoring me. I would train with him, ask him questions, but also I helped him develop. He was my boss. I helped him develop a franchise system. I would go out and I would educate people. And because of that, he wanted to hang around me. Because I was offering him value and, and also he was offering me value. And so we're getting a good value exchange. Also, I would pay other mentors. So I was working with a physiotherapist. That physiotherapist, I would always go and get treatment from because I knew that if I paid him, I could spend time with him. And so I would go in every week. He would work on my back because I knew that that would be a weakness. I would have shoulder problems, so I'd work on my shoulders. And I kept learning all these things off of the physiotherapist in physical rehab. Eventually, that physiotherapist, I started working for. So he poached me eventually about, I don't know, eight years into working as a personal trainer. I got poached twice. I got poached to go and work for a, a multinational chain that had opened up in South Australia. They poached me to come and work in Fitness First Highmarsh. So I worked there for a year and then I got poached to go and work in a medical center. That was with the physiotherapist who was a mentor of mine who was training me and coaching me, but I would go there and I would pay for his services right? And I would ask him questions. He was also a client of mine. So he would pay me as a personal trainer. And so I would get paid. He would work with me. I would train him, but also I would go to him for treatment and, and he would pay me. But I was always able to ask him questions. That became a mentorship. So then when I got into the mindset space, I always had mentors. That has helped me to excel. When I got into business, I had a lot of business people around me who I could bounce ideas off of. And I still have coaches. I have three that I work with now. That's why it blows my mind when I get dumb motherfuckers on the phone and they're like, oh man, it's expensive. And I'm like, who do you have in your corner? Who's your mentors? And they're like, oh, well, I don't have anyone. I speak to, I go down the pub with the boys and we talk and I'm like, let me guess. You all complain about the same shit, right? You all complain about how the industry's fucked, staff is shit, government's causing problems, 
Same shit. No wonder why you're no different than everyone else in the fucking industry. You're telling me that you're better than everybody else, but you're not. You're dealing with the same problems, speaking the same crap. Nothing's changing. You've got to have mentors. I meet a lot of people who are trade-based businesses and they say, I'm working with a trade-based coach. The question is, is the trade-based coach helping you to see things outside of the industry and implement things that are going to make you an industry leader? Because industry leaders do things differently. How can you do things differently when you're working with someone who only deals with people in the industry who are always doing the same shit? Right? It's crazy. Now, I'm not saying that industry coaches aren't useful, but what I'm saying is when you have a coach from outside of the industry, shit gets good because they see things that you don't see from outside of the industry and they do things in different ways. That's why one of my business mentors has nothing to do with my industry, right? He works in retail, but he is very, very good at building big businesses. I mean, he heads a multi-billion dollar national company now. So my point is, is that he sees things that I just don't see. He considers things that I don't consider because he's got a different view. So this is where mentors help so much. What happens is after a while, you get reinforcements as being good at something. Now I have people come up to me all the time and they're like, how do you speed read? How do you learn so quickly? How do you learn and then execute stuff? I get asked all the time, which reinforces that I'm extremely good at learning, right? I'm extremely good. But that didn't just happen overnight. Normally what happens is you have to have the vision first. You've got to fight against your fears. Then you put in the work and you've got to find things that fit your values that you want to learn and grow in because you'll be gifted at them, especially if you have ADHD or learning difficulties. You don't actually have learning difficulties and you don't have ADHD. What you have is you have hyper-focus and also you have an ability to push away things that are distractions that are outside of your value set. Every time I've worked with someone with learning difficulties or ADHD, they actually retain information really well in things that they really enjoy. You just have to find out what those things are and it's within their values. So then from there, you put them in the right learning environment and now all of a sudden they start reinforcing the fact that they are okay at learning. Then they go from being okay at learning and they become more inquisitive and they want to keep learning. Then eventually they learn and they learn and they learn and after a while they get reinforcement from people outside of them who say, hey, you're doing a great job at learning. And because of that, they want to keep learning. And now they have the belief that they're learning, right? The other thing that I had to do was I would start reading a book and I would tell myself all the time that I was shit at learning, right? If you're part of Dominate or any other program that I run, I talk about the importance of language. If you keep reinforcing a belief that you're shit at something, you are going to be shit at that thing and your brain's not going to work effectively. I had to remind myself that the more that I read, the better I get. The more I read, the better I get. The more I read, the better I get. And I have that belief about everything. The more I do something, the better I get at it. So if I want to get good at something, I just start shit, which means that I'm starting from a position where I know that I'm crap. But the cool thing is that I'm learning. So every time I do something, I'm getting better at it. And what it does, it takes away this idea that I need to be good at something before I start. Now, most people know that they're not going to be good at something before they start. But that's not what they believe when they start. The belief is that I'm not good at this. Therefore, I'm going to stop. If you tell yourself, the more I do this, the better I get at it, then what happens is you start to build the belief in yourself that if I just keep doing it, eventually I'm going to be really good at it. So I had to change my language patterns and I had to change the belief that I had that I wasn't good at reading and good at learning. And so that's one of the battles as well that I had with myself was just changing those beliefs. Again, most of you guys don't realize that almost everything you want, if you change your mindset and you grow personally, which is why personal development is one of the greatest investments you'll ever make. 
If you don't invest in your own mindset and you don't invest in your own personal growth, it's because you don't believe in you. You don't believe that you can achieve the goals that you want. That's really what it comes down to. You know, when a business owner doesn't invest in learning about business and learning about themselves and learning how to become a better leader, it's just because they honestly don't believe in themselves. They don't believe in their goals enough, which is why they'll never get them. People who believe in themselves and believe in their goals, like I've always had a belief that I'm put on this earth to do something great. I've always had that belief ever since I was young. Even when I got put into special classes, even when I was expelled from school, I still thought there's something in me that is born to do something better than what I was currently doing. And I've tried to bridge that gap. I'm still bridging that gap because I know that there is something so much greater that I can be doing in this world. I'm just keep working towards it. You know, the more I invest, the more I put time into something, the more that I'm going to be better at it. So that's what I keep doing. I keep investing myself. I keep growing. I keep learning. I keep investing in all the skills that I need to keep getting to where I need to get to. And I just keep bridging that gap and I execute. That's all it is. But I would never have learned all that stuff if I first of all didn't butt up against the idea that I couldn't learn, right? Because that taught me everything that I needed to. It taught me how to language shit better. I had to create a better language. I had to create better belief systems. I had to put in the effort. I had to stay consistent with something. And the more that I did something, the better that I got. That's how it works. And because of that, now, I guess that's why you're listening to this podcast, right? Because you're probably learning a lot of shit from me, I guess. A lot of the stuff that I speak about on here is only just touching the surface. The more you come to my events, different events are different levels and you dive deeper into stuff as we go through. You know, it's very, very hard to talk about a recruitment strategy on a, a podcast where I'm only going to talk for anywhere between 10 and 30 minutes. Whereas a whole hiring strategy that you're going to build out in a business could take two days to go through everything so you understand at a level where you can execute it effectively. That's part of my business growth odyssey program. The whole building a success map thing. I can talk about bits and pieces on here, but when I spend half a day going through value structures and how it impacts your life, everything from family to intimate relationships to communication with others to fear of judgment and criticism to self-sabotage, all of that has to do with values. So if you don't get your values right, you're going to have the fear of criticism, the fear of judgment. You're going to be worried about shit all the time. You're never going to live up to your own potential. You're going to doubt yourself a lot. You're going to have external criticism. There's going to be a lot of self-sabotage patterns and self-destructive behaviors. All of that shit happens because you're unclear in your values. I can't talk about that in a 20-minute podcast, but it takes me half a day to go through that stuff in Thrive Time at a level where you understand it. Then you come to Business Odyssey, and I talk about the importance of value structures and value systems in a business. It's probably one of the most important things that you will do because every person you hire has a unique set of values. And if you don't understand those things, you're probably going to hire the wrong people. Okay. And if you don't have clear values of an organization, then you've got an ineffective culture. I was talking to someone yesterday and straight away, they were talking to me. They were on our Dominate program and they had to manage staff and the staff were ineffective. And I said, that's because the business values, the business that you work for, their values are not clear or they are incorrect based on the culture. And because of that, you've got culture problems. Because of that, you're going to have ineffective staff, full stop. I wouldn't have learned this if I didn't butt up against all of those things with learning. So for anyone out there who thinks that they're dumb or thinks that they can't learn or thinks that they can't read, I guarantee you can. You just have to go through the process of learning how to do that stuff effectively, right? You probably were a good reader at some point. It's probably got fucked up somewhere because of the school system or because of what was happening in your home life. Maybe you got judged. Maybe you got criticized. Maybe you got put down. Maybe you, you felt like you weren't as smart as some of the other kids around you. And then you just shut down. That's a freeze response, right? Remember, in fear, we have the flight, fight, and freeze response. Sometimes we attack things or we face things head on. Sometimes we freeze and don't do anything and we're indecisive and we just shut down. And other times we run away from shit. 
Normally, when you're stuck at a place where you don't want to grow or you're stuck, that's a freeze response. Or you might be running away from things, so you're just avoiding reading or you're avoiding doing stuff to help you to grow. Driven mofos, I hope you've enjoyed this episode. Remember, keep your standards high. Sharing's caring. Remember to share these episodes. Hit me up on social media as well. Let me know if you're loving these episodes. I'd love for you to touch base. Jump on Instagram. My Instagram account is michaelmojo00. Let me know if you're enjoying these episodes and if they're helping. Anyway, take care. Have a great day. Keep your standards high.